knowing what you believe and why you believe it lies at the very heart of Christian experience, worship, and everyday living. The Bible's not about you. You're not David. Trouble in life is not Goliath. Jesus is going to be David in the shadow. Goliath is going to be sin and death. Who's that make you? Uh, and it doesn't make you the Israelites in the corner going, he's going to kill all of us. That's exactly who you are. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I, with body and soul, life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Gospel is that God the Son freely agreed to die our death for us, to suffer our deserved condemnation and doom in our place. And he did, didn't just agree from eternity to do it, he actually did it. It is fatal, fatal for us to think that we can ever move on from the gospel. The great problem in the evangelical church today where the scripture is concerned is not the inerrancy of the Bible. The great problem in the evangelical church today is the sufficiency of scripture. We don't think it's sufficient to do what we have to do. So we have to wake up to what's happening and recognize that the problem really is our lack of theology. Hi, and welcome to Theology Gals. We're a podcast on the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. And today we have with us Stacy Ria. And we're going to be talking to her about her new book, Wilderness Wanderings Finding Contentment in the Desert Times of Life. I think that some people might be familiar with you. You've written over at Desiring God, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you, sh but for those who are not, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I am a wife and a mom of four. I have um, two girls and two boys. It actually goes girl, boy, girl, boy. So our kids range from 14 down to four. So we are kind of in multiple stages right now with high school, middle school, elementary school and preschool. So that's kind of crazy this year. Um, my husband, Ben, and I met in high school. And on Monday, we will be celebrating 18 years of marriage on December 18th. So that's exciting. Um, the majority of my days are just filled with typical mom things, taking care of my family, cooking, cleaning, laundry, running them to lots of activities. My husband, Ben, pastors Three Rivers Grace Church here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So um, I serve alongside him in hospitality and counseling, discipleship. I especially love leading women's Bible studies um, and meeting with women, talking about what God is teaching us and praying for each other. And I love writing. <laughs> so in, in rare moments of free time, which sometimes is at midnight, I like to write. And it's just a way of processing life and what the Lord is teaching me. Is this your first book? Yes, this is my first book. So what encouraged you to write this book? Well, um, Originally, I had been in a Bible study that was going through the life of Moses through studying the Pentateuch, and it was a, about two and a half years ago, 
And during that time of my life, I was especially discouraged and just struggling with some discontentment. And I was really encouraged through studying the life of Moses and the Israelites. I was confronted with my own ungrateful and grumbling spirit as I saw myself reflected in the Israelites, just in their tendency to complain and think that the grass is greener on the other side. So for them, it was thinking the grass was greener back at Egypt when they had lots of food to eat. But for me, I was reminiscing about other seasons of life that just seemed easier, even though really they probably weren't because every season has its joys and sorrows. And I think it's their own sinful um, nature that has a tendency to want to complain and compare. But as I studied that section of scripture, I was encouraged to persevere as I saw Moses persevering and leading just a a whiny group of people and giving constant grace. Um, I was also just convicted and encouraged week after week through the study of God's word. And so that led me to start writing some articles on what I was learning. And as I began to write more, I thought, you know, I might just be able to write a small book on what I'm learning. So writing Wilderness Wanderings was like preaching a sermon to myself because it was really medicine for my own soul as I studied that portion of scripture. Um, another motivation in writing it was to provide a chronological study for women who desire to study a significant portion of scripture but don't really have a lot of time to invest in an in-depth study that has a lot of homework. So I wanted it to be feasible for the young mom who's caring for multiple young children and drowning in laundry piles, or for the woman that's working long hours and has little time or energy at the end of her day. I wanted women to feel like they could learn a significant portion of scripture um, and also see how the Old Testament is still relevant and applies to our life. Because I think a lot of times women's studies tend to not focus on Old Testament passages. And um, I wanted people to see that it still applies. And one thing I really love about the book, and just for our listeners, I've been, I actually read through quite a bit of it just in a couple of days time, but now I'm going through it a little bit more slowly. But we hear from a lot of women who, like you were talking about, don't have a lot of time. They'll say, I just don't have a lot of time to read. And mm -hmm. I really love the way that this book is set up. It's, it's more of a devotional. Can you talk a little bit about how the book is set up? Just because I think a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in this book. Yeah. So the book is relatively short. So I designed it for people. I was thinking about different friends of mine that characterize themselves as non-readers, that they just, you know, a book of 300 pages is intimidating, especially at the stage of life they're in. So it's a short book, just over 100 pages. It's set up in about 25 chronological devotionals that take you through a lot of the book of Exodus and part of Numbers, a small section of Deuteronomy. So basically you read the scripture passages for the day and then there's a short section of teaching and application to our daily lives. And then it ends with a prayer and a few reflection questions. So you can use it as a personal 
devotion, um, devotional tool, or you could use it with a small group or for one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Yeah, and I think the reflection questions, I know a lot of a lot of our girls, we have a Facebook group, and one thing they talk about is journaling. I think the reflection questions would be really great. Um, you don't wouldn't have to do that, but I think they would be really great to kind of journal about even. What passages did you use in the book and why? I know you've talked a little bit about that, but can you expand a little bit on that? Sure, yeah. So um, it gives us, the book really gives an overview of the trek of the Israelites through the wilderness going to the promised land. So some of the more famous passages covered would be the parting of the Red Sea, the giving of the Ten Commandments, the Passover, the Lord leading the Israelites by cloud by day and by fire by night, um, the golden calf incident, the Israelites reporting um, of their trip to Canaan when the spies were sent to Canaan in Numbers 13, and then their subsequent grumbling in Numbers 14, and um, kind of ending with Moses appointing a new leader in, in Joshua. What are some things from those passages that I'm, I'm putting you on the spot with this, but that mm -hmm. specifically that we can learn? Because I think so many women go through seasons like what you described that you were going through. They've got several young kiddos and mm -hmm. they're overwhelmed and having a hard time finding contentment. So what specifically about those passages is helpful for our lives in finding contentment? Well, I think, you know, looking at the Israelites, I see so much of myself. You know, when I see the Israelites being fearful of, of the future, um, when the spies were sent to Canaan, and even though God had promised that he would give them this land, they focused on the giants. You know, they focused on what seemed impossible. And I think that can be really easy to do in our lives, to to not look at the future with, um, with hope and with trusting the Lord's promises to us, but instead fearing what if, kind of living in the what ifs of life, of what if that's too hard? What if I'm not able to do this? What if what if what God calls our family to do um, is too difficult? So I think watching the Israelites' mistakes and then also seeing just the faithfulness of God to lead them and to give grace to them over and over again was encouraging. Um, also, I think you know, our tendency, our sinful tendency to just complain and compare and even idealize the past was something that really stuck out to me. You know, watching the Israelites look back at their time in Egypt when they were slaves, but, you know, the hard things that were happening in their life at, at the time of the wilderness wanderings, they were looking back at Egypt and saying, oh, remember when we had we had so much food to eat and things were so much better in Egypt. And I think we can do the same thing of looking back at other seasons in our life and kind of glossing over whatever trials we were experiencing and thinking, oh, things were so much better then. So definitely we can, we can learn what not to do. <laughs> Um, and I also think, you know, we see just the faithfulness of God and we also see 
um, in Moses, an imperfect leader, but still a great example of someone who is trusting the Lord through hard things, is giving grace to difficult people in his life with um, the people that he was appointed to lead, um, of just persevering, of persevering through a hard lot in life and trusting the Lord. Yeah. And I think today, and I don't know if it's worse now than it was at other times, obviously what the Israelites was going through was a very difficult season, but there's so many pressures for women. You Mm -hmm. know, you have social media, you talked about the comparing, you know, I continue to struggle with sin, but that woman over there just really seems to have it together. Mm-hmm. or there's just so much coming at us. And so what are some of the reasons? And oh, I, I want to say one other thing is people will also say, I, I love, I love one thing I love about your book is, is kind of some of the personal stories because mm-hmm. someone will, a woman will say to me, it's not that I have anything like really, really big that I'm suffering through right now, but I'm just struggling. I'm struggling to be content. I'm struggling to look to Christ. But what are some of the reasons that just we as women just struggle with contentment? Well, again, I think it's, you know, our sinful nature just lending itself to, to complaining and to thinking, to believing the lie that the grass is greener on the other side, or to believing that lie that God is withholding something from us that's good. So I I call it living in the land of if onlys. I think a lot of times as women, we can think if only we had a bigger house, if only I had a different job, if only I was 10 pounds thinner, if only I had a child, if only I didn't have more children. I think all of those things, um, just breed discontentment in our life and we get so focused on ourselves and what we wish we had or what we wish we didn't have that we we miss all of God's blessings and how he's provided for us and and really not trusting the sovereignty of God that if we really believe that God is good and that God is faithful and that God is sovereign then whatever he has orchestrated for our lives is good for us that's that's really helpful. I think you've identified that very well. So really learning to be content in where God has us right now in instead of those if onlys. You know, I'll be happier when or if right. only. I think that's I think that's excellent and very helpful. One thing we talked about um before and is even some of the idols that women have and as mm. you're talking I'm I'm wondering if that kind of plays into it cuz one thing we've talked about is even good things can be idols. A yeah. good marriage, obedient sure. children, a clean house, these sorts of things and I wonder if those idols are are really battling against our contentment. Yeah, definitely. I think we we can have things that are good desires, but then when we start to to desire them too much, <laughs> then they become idols of of yeah, wanting. I mean, even I think of, you know, the kind of healthiness craze that's going on with with um, food and, and exercise and all the different programs that women can get into and want their families to get into that 
they're not necessarily bad things. It's good to want to be healthy and it's good to, to, you know, want to your body to be able to be used for God's serving the Lord and the purposes he has, but that can so quickly cross over into an idol when it becomes vanity and we become consumed with it. And, um, and yeah, and I think, you know, comparing with other people and how social media plays into that also can easily create idols in our life as well. Yeah, we're actually going to be doing an episode soon on what we call the mommy wars, because mm -hmm. there's, um, I have a friend who is, is just been pregnant a few months. And she said, soon as she got pregnant, you know, women are you can do a natural birth, you're gonna do a home birth, you're gonna do this. And, yeah. you know, what kind of parenting are you going to use? Are you going to demand feed, schedule feed? And <laughs> and just overwhelmed with yeah. it, not only with the comparing, but sometimes feeling judged. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something different than this woman over here. Sure. And I, I think that can play into contentment, too. So for the woman who's either going through a difficult time of suffering or just maybe just a difficult time, she's overwhelmed, having a difficult time feeling content. What can she look to? Where can she find her contentment? In Christ, the Lord and his word. And I think that it's really easy, even as Christian women to look everywhere but God. We can turn to our spouse or our friends or social media or food or whatever we think is going to ease that pain and suffering. But it's God who longs for us to cry out to him and he's glorified when we seek him through persistent prayer and depend on him for grace. Studying and meditating on God's promises give us something to stand on in a world that's crumbling. They give us hope in the midst of sorrow and they cause our eyes to be lifted heavenward and trust that he's working in the midst of our mess. So really focusing on those promises and being diligent to study can give us joy and peace. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of, I don't know if, if you're familiar with Christina Fox, but she mm -hmm. wrote yeah. a book, um, Heart Set Free and she talks about the Psalms of lament, you know, in those difficult times. And you see so much even in those Psalms, like Psalm 13, which is how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Mm. And, but it ends with, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. And just even in those difficult times, learning to hold on to what we know about God, that he right. is, that he is loving, that he is gracious. That, that we can actually rest in his goodness. Sure. Yeah. It's really, you know, preaching truth to ourselves, which, you know, I have to do when I find myself spiraling downward and, and thinking, oh, woe is me. You know, then it's going back to the scripture, going back to those promises that I can stand on and, and saying, no, this is what's true. You know, Philippians 4, 8 of, of whatever is true and whatever, whatever is right. Because so often our thoughts are not true when we get in that place of, of hopelessness and despair. Yeah, sometimes I, I went through a really difficult time of suffering. And when I'd run across a verse that had something that I thought, I need to be reminded of this. Yeah. You know, um, I'd write it down and in those difficult times, go and read through those verses 
like you said, preaching to myself the things that I knew to be true from scripture, because it's mm -hmm. easy to believe things that aren't. I know one of the things that I think partly just because this is an idea that some women grew up with, and maybe it's in Christianity, that I'm suffering because I'm being punished. And yet in scripture, mm -hmm. we see so many different reasons for suffering. Discipline is not the only thing. There's so many different reasons. And sure. It, it's easy for women to say, what have I done that yeah. I have to suffer? So what does it look like to have contentment in the midst of suffering? Well, I don't think contentment means that we don't struggle <laughs> through suffering and trials because anybody that has been a Christian longer than a day knows that the Christian life is not marked with ease and comfort. And even the promises of the word, First Peter, tells us that we're going to have trials. Why are you surprised at the fiery trial that you are suffering? But God gives us grace to walk through the fires of life. And he promises that his grace will be sufficient, that his power is made perfect in weakness. So I think having contentment means actively fighting in gratitude and discontent in our hearts by focusing on the promises of God's word. I always go back to Psalm 8411. Um, God used it in my life back in college actually when my husband and I were broken up for a couple years and it just has really become a life verse for me but Psalm 84 11 tells us um, that God will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly so when I find myself living in the land of if only I pray this first that God will give me grace to trust that whatever he has given me is is good for my life that he will not withhold good things and that he's for me and he's not against me and that he'll use all things for good Romans 8:28 One thing you said right here right there that I think was so so helpful is that being content does not mean that we don't struggle. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's very very helpful. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, in the Christian life we can think that we can arrive at this perfect peace and contentment, but we're, we're not going to arrive until we are in heaven. And so being content is, is fighting for contentment. It's fighting the, that ingratitude and complaining spirit that can easily consume us. Yeah. And I think one thing that I see a lot is I think women sometimes have unrealistic expectations of what the Christian life should look like that they yeah. shouldn't be struggling as much as they are that they should be more content than they are when you're writing this book what were some things that you were thinking i want i want women to to walk away from this book learning you know i want what do you want them to take away from from this book one of my main points is that our contentment isn't found in perfect circumstances, but in trusting an unfailing God. Our ultimate joy and satisfaction is in Jesus. The grass isn't greener on the other side, but contentment's found in trusting God's plan. So I'd say that's one of the main points. I also hope women will be encouraged to know and trust the promises of God 
So like we've talked about the trials of life will inevitably affect all of us. And if we don't know the Bible, we're going to be like the man who built his house on the sand will be shaken and drowning in the storms of life. But if we treasure God's word, if we store it up in our heart, then we can fight our fear with faith. Another thing I hope that women will be encouraged to put off complaining and put on gratitude. Don't be an Israelite. Complaining is a downward spiral that ultimately reflects our own pride and lack of trust in God. So I hope that women will be encouraged to just ask the Lord for a grateful spirit. Another main point would be to persevere in difficulty. In the hard times of life, we often want to quit and run away, but whatever God has called us to, he will give us the grace to finish. So ask him for grace to persevere, just as Moses persevered in, in leading the Israelites to the promised land. And finally, I would say, remember God's faithfulness. Be diligent to count your blessings, to reflect on what he's done in your life, and trust that he won't give us necessarily everything we want, but exactly what we need. Those are really, really helpful. One thing that I've done, because you talked about gratitude, is keep a gratitude journal. And, mm. and even when I'm suffering, even when I'm going through a difficult time, make myself write down things that I'm grateful for. Yes. And, and go back and read through those. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I do the same. I do the same thing, especially when I find myself spiraling downward for some reason. I take out a journal as well, and I make a list of five simple things to be grateful for right then that day. So I look out my window and say, you know, the sun is shining. That's something I can thank the Lord for, or that my house is actually quiet for fifteen minutes, and I can focus on reading a little bit of scripture and praying and just remembering God's faithfulness and God's daily blessings really has a way that fights that sinful tendency to complain and, and to be hopeless and despair. Well, I know that you wrote this book partly because things that you had already learned through a desert time, but what, were there things that you learned yourself as you were writing this book? Well, yeah, definitely I learned the power of God's all-sufficient grace in my weakness. And I think that really came with just trying to write a book with four kids in our house and church ministry and my own struggles with insomnia definitely can make writing a challenge. Um, my main time to write this was just in a couple two-hour morning slots I had when my four-year-old was at preschool and the other kids were at school. So I felt like the Lord just really proved himself true to that verse, that his grace is sufficient. He really blessed the time that I had to write and helped me to think clearly and write efficiently. And I know that was only an act of his grace. Also, like I've said before, I was just convicted of my own ingratitude and complaining spirit. So writing was really preaching a sermon to myself. I'm not writing because I have everything figured out or because I've mastered contentment, but I'm writing as a fellow wilderness wanderer. I love, like I said before, that you share 
some personal stories in there because I, I think that that sort of thing is very helpful for a lot of women. And and lastly, are you going to be writing more books? I would love to write more books. I think um, if the Lord wills and continues to open up doors for my writing, I would be really excited to do that. Writing is just a great way for me to process life and what God is teaching me. And it's just icing on the cake that people want to read what I write and that God would be pleased to use it to encourage other women. Well, I do want to encourage my listeners. I think this is a very, very helpful book. Um, definitely go check it out. Theology Gals is going to give away two copies of your book. So oh, for information on that, for our listeners, go to our Facebook page. I'll put a link on Twitter also for information on how you can be entered for a chance to win one of these books. But this. Ladies, this is a, a really great book, especially for, for those of you who've got a lot of young children who do not have a lot of time to read. You know, each, each chapter is, is just a few pages. You can, you can use this as part of your quiet time. And I think the reflection questions, I, I love the way this book is set up. So I wanna enter the contest and if you don't win, go out and buy this book because I think, I think you'll be very blessed by it. I think you will learn from it. I am learning from it as I'm going through it now. So thank you, Stacy, so much for joining us. We really enjoyed having you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to the School of Biblical Hermeneutics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening, and welcome to Conversations from the Port. Hello and welcome to Living in the Vine. This is the Council of Google Plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. 12 podcasts, one network. Check them out at BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At TrackedPlanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at TrackedPlanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's TRACTPlanet.com, coupon code BTWN. Just a few housekeeping things before we wrap up this episode. Sorry that Ashley could not be with us this week. She, this is our last episode of the year. So we will not be doing an episode 
the week of Christmas because you have better things to do on Christmas Day than listen to Theology Gals. Because we don't want to take two weeks off and on New Year's Day, you should be spending time with your family, not listening to Theology Gals. We will release an episode on the second instead of the first for our first episode of the year. So I'm including several links from Stacy in this week's episode. So definitely check them out and be sure to enter for a chance to win one of her books. So you can look on our Facebook page in the Facebook group or on our Twitter for information on how you can win one of her books. So definitely check it out. And lastly, you can find all of our information on the website at BibleThumpingWingnut.com. And you can find all of our contact information there. Just click on Theology Gals somewhere. And if you go to this episode, you will be able to see all of the resources that we have included. And if you would like to support Theology Gals with just three dollars a month five dollars a month there's a link on every episode to our patreon thank you so much for listening and we will see you next year